my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Friday, August the 26th, this last Friday in the month of August. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's life. I wish you God's beauty. I wish you God's goodness. I wish you God's grace. Uh, Thanks for being with me today as we look at the readings for this coming weekend. For those new to this podcast, hey, welcome. You didn't have to suffer through hearing it five days a week. You are new and you get the weekly, the, the, the new version. My name is Joe Zank. I, I live in eastern Wisconsin, 30 years uh, lay Catholic minister, um, and uh, just recently have moved over into a hospice chaplaincy role. But every week, I take a look at the coming weekend's readings. Generally, I'll look at the first reading, always the gospel. And the reason I I choose those two is there's usually a thread. The first reading is chosen purposefully with a thread toward the gospel, and the gospels are read fairly sequentially. But anyway, every Friday I I drop it, and uh, and that way you can listen to it, ponder, hear the readings, the Word of God, before you encounter them at the Mass on uh, the weekend. And uh, then when you hear the, the homily, given by the priest, the deacon, whomever gives it at that, uh, that Mass, um, then you won't have heard the word for the first time. You can hear it from their perspective. You've already heard it from mine. Most importantly, and forgive those who have listened many times, you know what I'm going to say, the, the most important thing is how the Spirit acts in the word on your heart. The word of God is more important than anything I will say around it. It's more important than anything your priest or deacon will say around it. Um, and so when you hear the word of God, and we're going to do that in just a moment, uh, open yourself again to that word, that phrase, that idea of, of something that may stand out to you. And that's what I want you to take away and say, okay, Lord, Uh, Let's sit with this word, with this phrase, with this idea. What are you, Spirit, inviting me to? And just chew on it. Chew on it for the rest of the day. Chew on it for the coming week. And uh, and allow the Spirit to plant that seed and let that grow. That's the best part. huh? So today, what are we going to do? We are going to read the first reading. And it is from the book of Sirach. And uh, Sirach is very similar to, to the book of Proverbs. In fact, it's it's just a book filled with a whole lot of conventional wisdom, which Proverbs are. Uh, you know, uh, you, some of these you could get in fortune cookies out of a Chinese restaurant. Well, back when Chinese fortune cookies actually had, you know, um, fortunes or, or Proverbs. Now they're just, you know, odd things. But there's my, you know, diatribe or, or tangent for the day. Probably not my only one. Sirach, chapter 3, verses 17 to 18. 20 and 28 to 29. So we're just going to be jumping around a little bit. I'm going to use the New American Translations, what you'll hear at Mass this weekend. So Sirach 3, 17 to 18, 20, 28 to 29. So let's break open the Word of God. A reading from the book of Sirach. My child, conduct your affairs with humility, and you will be loved more than a giver of gifts. Humble yourself the more, the greater you are, and you will find favor with God. What is too sublime for you, seek not. Into things beyond your strength, search not. 
The mind of a sage appreciates proverbs, and an attentive ear is the joy of the wise. Water quenches a flaming fire, and alms atone for sins. My friends, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. So now, let's go forward to the gospel. The gospel is going to be out of Luke, chapter 14. We're going to do verse 1, and then we're going to skip to verses 7 to 14. The only reason we have verse 1 in here is it sets the stage. sets an important stage, though. So verse 1, and then verses 7 to 14 in the 14th chapter of Luke's gospel. You're going to hear the thread immediately. Very easy, based on what we just heard from Sirach. My friends, we're reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. On a Sabbath, Jesus went to dine at the home of one of the leading Pharisees, and the people there were observing him carefully. He told a parable to those who had been invited, noticing how they were choosing the places of honor at the table. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not recline at table in the place of honor. A more distinguished guest than you may have been invited by him, and the host who invited both of you may approach you and say, Give your place to this man. Then you would proceed with embarrassment to take the lowest place. Rather, when you are invited, go and take the lowest place, so that when the host comes to you, he may say, My friend, move up to a higher position. Then you will enjoy the esteem of your companions at the table. For everyone who exalts themselves will be humbled, but the one who humbles themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus said to the host who invited him, When you hold a lunch or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your wealthy neighbors in case they may invite you back and you have repayment. Rather, When you hold a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So again, before we dive in, and and two thoughts on today's readings. Was there a word, a phrase, an idea? Grab onto it. Don't lose it in the midst of what I'm going to say. Far more important that you keep that. Okay. That said, I think the obvious thread, and and I think 98, 8% of the homilies you're going to hear this weekend are going to go this route, and it's going to go the route of humility, right? I mean, it's so easy. Again, let's go back to Sirach, that, that first reading. My child, conduct your affairs with humility, and you will be loved more than a giver of gifts. Humble yourself the more, the greater you are, and you will find favor with God. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, it's, it's humility down the line. And then Jesus says in a parable, form. You know, when you are invited 
by someone to a wedding banquet, don't recline, don't, don't, you know, jostle and elbow and try to get in the place of honor because here's what may happen. Somebody greater than you may come and you're going to have to go to the only place that's left, which is the place at the bottom. Oh my gosh, how bad would that be? You're going to be so embarrassed. Instead, go there right away and then let him bring you up and then you're going to be like bursting at the seams, right? Um, so it's that, it's that thought of humility, which by the way, brothers and sisters, that's a virtue that we hold as Catholics. We, but boy, in our culture today, we really don't embrace it a lot, right? Um, and, and listen, let's, let's be, and I'm not going to talk a lot about humility because you're going to hear about it this weekend and, and, and you're going to hear it because I think there's a far more exciting, um, part of this gospel that I want to share with you. And it's not from me. I, I, but I'll get there. Can't get there first. Humility, my friends, is not saying I'm lower than you. It's not false, you know, uh, oh, you're so much better than me. I mean, you all know this. But yet we, we fall into that trap all the time. Humility is simply knowing, brothers and sisters, who we are and who we are not. Humility is honesty. Humility is, is saying, is not in need of being in the place of honor at a banquet, because if I'm at a place of honor at the banquet, you all are going to look at me in a better light, because that's what I need, is, is you to shower me with praise. Then I'm going to believe that I'm okay. You know, that has nothing to do with humility. Humility is being honest with our um, gifts, as well as those blind spots we carry. Uh, it's It's simply a place that says, this is who I am. And true humility is coming to embrace that and say, I'm nothing more nor nothing less than, than this. Uh, and I'm, and I'm, I, I, I'll, I'll use an odd statement with this, but I'm proud to be that because this is how I'm made. This is how God made me. Um, humility is not degradation. Humility is not woe is me. Humility is not, um, you know, um, lowering myself to a place, uh, you know, wherever. You know, I could use examples, but I don't want to do that. Humility is embracing what is real. Um, and embracing the gifts in the other for who and what they are. And, and, and loving that and embracing the gifts in me for who and what they are. But knowing that I am not fully my gifts nor am I fully those blind spots and those mistakes uh, and the shame and the guilt that I carry and, and the hurts that I have caused. I'm not that. That's part of me. And, and I need to be honest with that. I can't deny it, but it's not all of me. You know, I, I go to that statement that we say before we receive the Eucharist, uh, when the priest holds up the Eucharist and says, Behold the Lamb of God, right? And, uh, and we say, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Because we're not worthy. We're not worthy. That's an honest statement. And it's not a bad statement. Now, are we saying, Lord, I am not worthwhile? No. Because if we hear that, oh, my friends, that would be awful. Because I think in the eyes of God, uh, there is nothing more worthwhile than humanity, than creation. Let me say it that way. There is nothing more worthwhile 
and how wonderful that is, that God resides within us, that God absolutely loves us. There is no end to which God will go, won't go, excuse me, um, to, to prove that love, and we know that. So it's clearly not, Lord, I am not worthwhile. No, 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 no. You are worth, you know, what did Jesus say? You know, I, two sparrows fall to the ground, and, and, and I've counted the hairs in your head, and you are worth more than many sparrows, right? You, you can't fall to the ground without your Father knowing all this. You and I are worthwhile, but we are not worthy. We are not um, a, a God, you know, as it were. We are humanity with its joys and its sorrows, with its foibles and its beauty. Okay, I've talked way too much about that. Didn't mean to, but hey. All right, this next part I want to talk about, I want to focus on the end of the gospel because I think it's absolutely brilliant. And these is, is, I wish it were my thought that I came up with it, but it's not. Sister Mary McGlone, she writes a column, uh, a weekly uh, reflection on the readings in uh, the National Catholic Report of the NCR. And, and she brought this part of the reading to life to me in a way that I've never had it brought before. And I love it. Um, and it's the last part of the gospel where it says, listen, where Jesus challenges the people and he challenges you and I, and we know none of us, not one of us have taken this gospel in, in reality. None of us. Why? Because here's what he says. When you hold a lunch or dinner, don't invite your friends or your sisters or brothers or your relatives or your wealthy neighbors. Don't invite all the higher ups in case you, they may invite you back and have repayment. Rather, when you and I hold a banquet, invite the poor the crippled, the lame, the blind, those who don't have the ability to pay back, and then we're repaid at the resurrection. Do you know why none of us take this seriously? Because none of us have done it. Because none of us do it. Now, Sister Mary uh, McGlone is not saying, oh, shame on you people, why don't you do this? She's not at all. She's saying, here's the deal. So let's put it in, in kind of a proper context. And this is where I say this verse 1 was so important because it sets the context. It's a normal Sabbath. This is not a high Sabbath. It's not Passover. They're not selling, you know, celebrating Rosh Hashanah or Hanukkah or anything like that. It's a normal Sabbath. And people are jostling for seats at the head of the table so they can hear Jesus. And, and you know what they're going to do next Sabbath, next week? They're going to jostle to be at the head of the table there too. And the week after that and the week after that. This is the routine. And, and she says Jesus had to be just chuckling. And instead he said, hey, do it this way. Do it this way. Invite those who aren't around the table. And so, you know, you, maybe you two go out and, and you invite a paraplegic in. And you two go out and invite a coworker in or a plus one. And, and you two over here, you go invite the person from work. And, and you go over here, invite a, a, a cousin that you haven't had for a long time that you haven't seen. Or you go down there, invite that person at the end of the, of the road that we just don't see very often. Invite them, you know, and invite them to come. And what does that do? It creates a different environment around the table. If, if all we're doing is this week we're jostling for, for uh, you know, um, positions at the table and uh, who's, you know, closest and who's not, well, it still doesn't matter because it's still the same people around the table and the same conversations could take place. We're going to hear the same opinions. We're going to have the same uh, topics thrown and bantied about and we're going to really just... Um, kind of stay in the same place and spin our wheels. 
And, and, and you know what? Next week we'll have the same conversations. And the week after that we'll have the same ones because the same people are around in the same places doing the same things. And Jesus says, brothers and sisters, we're made for more than that. The more we bring in these other voices, these other places, these other means, these other ways, these other ideas, the more that conversation is going to change. The tenor around the table will change. And we are going to learn things that we've never learned before. We're going to hear perspectives that we've never heard before. We're going to, we're going to be amazed by the incredible diversity, not only of humanity, but of creation, of God. And we will leave differently than we left before. That that idea is not, let's just invite these people. So in the, God, in the resurrection of the righteous, I'm going to, you know, have a place at the table up there. Because again, that's very self-centered. There's nothing humble about that. It's saying, let's open ourselves to these new ways. And then maybe next week, yeah, maybe it'll just be our same group again, minus the people that we invited this week. And we can break open what they talked about. We're going to have new conversations. And the week after that, maybe we invite different people. And it opens us up to what Pope Francis says is this, in dialogue and encounter. If, if Pope Francis's uh, papacy can be dissolved down to two words, those might be the top of, of, the, the, of, of the list for me. How do we dialogue and truly encounter one another? Because when we do, we will be pulled out of that small frame of reference that every one of us carry. Because within humanity, we carry our own um, insecurities and our own sheltered walls and our own places that we want to feel comfortable. And what Jesus is saying is, let's move beyond comfort. Because there are people and places and things around here that, that I need to see and I need to understand them. You know, I say this as a white man. Maybe there, there are people of color around there that I need to hear their perspective. Maybe there are, are uh, people of a different gender. Maybe there are people of a different sexuality. Maybe there are people that, that, that come at creation, come at, at the world, come at life in an incredibly different way that I need to just sit in humility, knowing that I don't have all the answers. Maybe I got some. Doesn't mean I give up everything of who I am. That's not, that's not how we're, we're to do it either, right? That's a false humility. Oh, you have it all, I got none. No, they got to meet me halfway too because you know what? I'm going to bless them. But they got something for me. They got something for me. Now, this is how Sister Mary McGlone puts it because I love it. What could happen at such a dinner if we, if we take, you know, Jesus at his word that we invite those on the outskirts, those different, not just the same people around the table? What could happen at such a dinner? The entire tenor of the gathering, these are her words, um, the entire tenor of the gathering would change as the guests entered into the sacrament of the table where entering together can be a living expression of shared humanity. The common enjoyment of the fruits of the earth could become a celebration of the gifts of smell and taste and beauty and a sign of their common dependence. The variety of people and perspectives around the table would remind them that God's creation brims with luxuriant diversity all there for an enjoyment that increases exponentially to the degree that it is shared. Isn't that wonderful? Now, if one sister is good, two are even better. I'm going to close uh, this with Sister uh, Joan Chittister. Now, again, brothers and sisters, this is why sisters uh, and, and the, the communities, the religious communities, bring such gift to the church. 
And, and it is such a tragedy that we are losing so many of them and, and that vocation is not being picked up. The wisdom within them is so wonderful. But these are Sister Joan, and I'm going to read out of that same book that I quoted Sister Joan a couple of weeks ago. Um, but it says this, and you're going to see it goes right to the same place. To be open to the world is a dangerous way to live. It threatens us with learning things we've always been taught to reject. When we, what we don't know, we are inclined to fear. Embalmed in sameness, we lose the opportunity to grow into what life means to become. When we go out of ourselves to make a connection with the other, we not only attend to the needs of the other, we become more than we were when we began. Brothers and sisters, this weekend, our readings invite us to be women and men of humility. True humility, that we are incredibly worthwhile. But be people of honesty. We don't have to be afraid of it, because other people see it. We don't have to mask that. And we need to be people who are not afraid of the marvelous, luxuriant, I love that word, uh, creation of God and the diversity therein. And to, and to invite that around our tables, our communities, our worlds, our lives, in order that we may be open to what they bring and they to what I bring and you bring. And, uh, and thus uh, enter more fully into that sacrament of God. Okay, my friends, let's pray. We... Uh, Close out the Luminous Mysteries this week. So let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The fifth Luminous Mystery, the institution of the Eucharist. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. Thank you for being present and breaking open God's word with me today. May your weekend and your week ahead be filled with every good joy. Be well and God's peace.